That's good. God is so good. And God is very well. And he wants each and every one of us to walk in his goodness. Experience his goodness. But in experiencing his goodness, as Suzanne's already mentioned this morning, as we are so aware of, that sometimes we go through his sufferings. That's encouraging, isn't it? Amen. Amen. That when you're facing a tough time, Jesus faced it tougher. Amen. He faced it tougher. So good. Everybody well. I want to just encourage you to just really get behind our weekend in three weekends' time when we have Andrew Cannon with us, the evangelist. That is going to be such a powerful weekend. There are a lot of flyers downstairs. Please make sure you take flyers and distribute them. You know, get them around your friends. Get them around your family. Get them around people you know uh, because there's going to be a very powerful weekend. We're believing for salvations, for healings. You know, we're, we're believing for even more than we're seeing on Sundays and adding to what God is doing here. Uh, the evangelist comes in as a gift for, of Jesus to, to add to what the church is doing. Uh, and we're so excited about that. So get behind that. Get, get involved. Be around on that weekend, the Friday night, the Saturday morning, Saturday evening, and again Sunday morning. It's so cool. We're looking forward to it. So get behind that. I want to talk just this morning. We've been talking about the presence of God. Uh, the presence of God is so important for us to understand. You know, the psalm says, where shall I go from your presence? His presence is everywhere, uh, but we don't always see a manifestation of his presence. You know, he is omnipresent, so he's everywhere. God is everywhere. So we can say, yes, God is with me. Uh, but many times we'll say God is with me, but are we really seeing a manifestation of him being with us? Does it feel like he's with us? I mean, many of us over time in our lives have experienced things where we've, we know God is with us, but doesn't feel like it. It doesn't always feel like it. He is far from us. And so Moses had an experience of feeling like God, where was God when he was in the wilderness and the children of Israel were just playing up, basically. And we've never played up as Christians, have we? But they were playing up, and he, he and in a, in, a, in a point in his journey, he says, I will not go anywhere unless your presence goes. And as Christians and believers, I believe we need to be a people who have that sort of confession that we're not prepared to go places, not just physically, but in our thought pattern. Amen. You know, physically, in our, in our relationships. Can you imagine if we took that on board every time? In my relationships, I'm not going to go anywhere in a relationship unless you go with me. By the grace of God, it works out okay for us because I wasn't thinking like that when I checked out this 15-year-old girl. <laughs> that wasn't sort of, but, but by the grace of God, we came through. But so oftentimes we, we head into things, situations, without saying, I'm not going to go into this unless your presence goes with me. Of course, everything starts with a thought, doesn't it? So if everything starts with a thought, we should have his presence in our thought life. 
You know, people mess up in life because we have stupid thoughts. And we do good in life because we have good thoughts. That's why the Apostle Paul says in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2, do not be conformed, this will be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Bringing your mind in line with his, his thoughts, that you may know, have his thoughts. Jesus, God said, I know the thoughts which I have towards you, says Lord, thoughts to prosper you, to for, thoughts to give you a future. Yeah, thoughts to give you hope. God has great, good thoughts towards you. But his thoughts towards you are, are, are conditional, I believe, or his thoughts towards you come to fruition are conditional towards you having those thoughts going through the filter of his presence. Now, sometimes we're so messed up with the filter that we allow things to go through our mind. So do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by renewing of your mind that you may know what is the good, perfect, and acceptable will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So we bring our, bring our thoughts in line with his, his presence. If we would bring everything in our life through his, through his presence. Yeah. Remember when I was a young boy, I went into a, 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 fa- a church, fa- a church family, a family in the church, who had a sign on, so in, inside the hallway that said something like, Christ is the head of this house. He's the unseen guest at, at every meal and that sort of thing. You ever heard that, seen that? Yeah, yeah he's there. So that, you know, his presence is in the house. That, that doesn't just have to be a sign on the wall. It should be so evident in our homes that his presence is in that place. And so everything we do, you see, when we, some people, you know, go for a new job, they never filter it through his presence. They move to another location, they never filter it through his presence. And the Bible says, we looked at last week how Joshua, when he went into the promised land, God said to him, you've not been this way before, so keep your eyes on my presence. On your journey as you step by faith into these new things which I have for you, keep your, keep your focus on my presence. And his presence for them was that point, the Ark of the Covenant, which was carried by the priests through, through the Jordan River before they stepped across. And so they were only going where his presence was. That's not in my notes yet. I haven't got there yet. But maybe that was for somebody this morning. You're not filtering your mind through his presence. As a man, the Bible says, thinks in his heart, or is he in his mind, so is he or he is, or so she is or she is. Amen? Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't, don't cop out because you're a lady. <laughs> well, it doesn't apply to me. That's my husband's responsibility. That's the guy's responsibility. As a man or a woman thinks in their heart or, or, or conjures up in their mind, so they are. Out of the abundance of the heart, the Bible says, the mouth blabs. Hello? So you know what's in someone's heart because at some point it comes out of their mouth. Amen. Out of the mouth flow the issues. <laughs> I love the way the Bible says issues. Don't we have a lot of issues? <laughs> out, of the, out of the mouth flow the issues of the heart. 
And sometimes when it's, 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 we, we can fake it for a long time. As Christians, we can fake a lot of stuff. We were just talking as we came into church this morning, just our hearts were going out to somebody who, who, who'd, who'd faked it for 40 years or faked, part of, part, faked something for 40 years. So you can fake things for a long time, but, but, but when the pressure's on, Amen. When you get squeezed, Amen. I was in the in the in the supermarket queue yesterday, somewhere around the supermarket queue, and and somebody had left something maybe on the checkout till there the, the the gathering point or whatever you call it, and um. And they, and they went back for it because when, maybe they left their wallet or something there. How many of you ever left your wallet on the thing and your card on the side there? And, and out of his mouth came something which you wouldn't say in church. <laughs> because there's like the pressure on. When the pressure comes on. You know, when, you, you know, when I, I trod on a nail in the garden the other day, just a piece of wood I'm, and a big old nail sticking out. I trod on this nail. And, um, you know, I had to filter what came out of my mouth. Sometimes when you tread on something, you think, or you hurt something, or you knock yourself, you know, you don't always say, ouch, hallelujah. Amen. Oh, you may, because you're Christians. <laughs> nice Christians, polite Christians. See, so when the pressure's on, the issues that are within you will come spewing out. That's why the Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence. Guard your heart, guard your mind with all, with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. Out of it flow the issues of guard your heart. Sometimes we, you know, we, we love the presence of God and we want the presence of God to go with us, but we, we, are, we are like not guarding our hearts. We're not guarding what we, our ears. We're not closing our ears to things. We're not turning the TV off when we maybe should turn the TV off. We're not getting into a conversation uh, when, when we should be getting out of a conversation. We're not speaking the truth when we're being fed a lie. So that's what happens when we, but when we filter, filter what we have, uh, what we, our thought pattern, our, our, our lives, our ears, our mind, every part of us, when we're filtering through the presence of God, if we say the presence of God, I'm not going to go into this without the presence of God. We're going to mess up. You know, the children of Israel messed up in the, going on their journey through to the promised land. So His presence is so important for us. You know, We love his presence, and God promised he'd be with us. But the promise of Christ being with us, when he commissioned his disciples, I, I see is on, on the condition of them doing his will. Going to all the world, preach the gospel to all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and I will be with you always. You know, we have to be doing something, I believe, to warrant him his presence going with us. 
If we're not going to do anything for the kingdom of God, we don't need his presence because we can get along fine by ourselves. We can get along fine by, you know, with a good education or you can get along pretty well without a good education. So God wants us to be a people who are walking in his presence. Hungry for his presence. And, and if I, when our hearts are right before him, you know, we'll see that manifestation. The Bible says that we're to walk by faith. Faith in what? His word. For faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we need to be a people who put faith in the word of God. Put our faith in the word of God. And we put our faith in all sorts of things. I was listening to somebody the other day saying how, we, how this season people are going off on holiday all over the place. They will put their faith in somebody they don't know. They've never met. Have no relationship with. Probably don't even believe what he believes. May even worship a different God. Where they put total faith in him to press a few buttons and pull a few handles or whatever they do and fly them to the other side of the world. And yet we struggle trusting God. Isn't that incredible? The things we'll put our faith in. So let's put our faith in his presence. Amen. And in his presence, God always wants us to live once more. There's always more of what we're receiving today. Amen? There's always more of what we're receiving today. You know, see, too often, you see, as Christians, we come to church and we're expecting exactly the same as last week. Or similar. Within the same, same time frame. And we, and we do that, and there's nothing wrong with that. We put programs in, uh, and, and that is right, because they fit in with the sort of schedule of life and how we live life to do with the things we have to do. And so we have a schedule, and we do these things. But so often we get to a place of just religion and, and just doing things a particular way, because that's how we've always done them. And, you know, we're, we're planning things this afternoon, hoping that God's finished what he wants to do. <laughs> You know, someone's going to be very disappointed if God <laughs> doesn't stop when, he, when we want him to stop. I'm just messing around a little bit, but you know, you didn't hear what I mean. Sometimes we're expecting the very same thing. So this is what I believe, and this, I'm not going to receive anything I don't believe. You imagine if we went through life only believing what we already believe. God says, I want to give you fresh revelation. I want you to experience more of my presence. Greater things than these you will do. As I am, so are you in this world. Greater things. So there should be this expectancy of God to do more. Amen. There is more. There is more. Philippians 3 and verse 12, I think we've seen it on the screen already. It says, Paul says, not have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Come on, God's looking for us to press on. 
to press on into more of him. What we've experienced so far in life, he has more for us. What we've experienced so far is, is, is something, but in the big scheme of things, is not very much. Have you ever listened to people and heard testimonies of people who you think, man, alive, how have they managed to do so much for God? And yet there's me, little me, in my small corner. Seems like insignificance. Everything we do for Christ is significant, by the way. Whether it seems small or whether it seems large, it can seem insignificant if it's small. But sometimes the insignificant can have huge impact further down the line. I think of my parents. My parents were, were just pretty ordinary people. Never had huge aspirations for very much other than to serve God. In, in, and they would have probably said something like, in my small corner. And my father never went anywhere outside of the UK. I think he went to the Isle of Wight once. Or Branch the Island, perhaps. My mother never went anywhere out of the... I think she may have gone down when she was a young girl, but went somewhere. Because I remember seeing a picture of her sat with a dolphin or something. or No, a mermaid in Amsterdam. So she went to Amsterdam. <laughs> Is there a mermaid in Amsterdam? Tourist attraction? Copenhagen, that's the, there you go. So it's, it's, it's close, and it? it's over there somewhere. <laughs> my, wow. But my father would would my father would 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 sit every Sunday night on a little coffee table in the middle of our land, middle of our lounge, uh, with young people heaped up all around him. And it was a shiny coffee table, so we could turn around like this, you see. And he'd open his Bible and he'd just preach and teach. And I, I really can't remember what he taught and what he preached about. But from, from that youth group, which he, which he ran and l l did for 20, 22 years, you know, my mother just giving them cutting sandwiches and pouring tea in cups and saucers for all these young people that would sit around, like, probably about 30 or 40 people, someone's in our front lounge on a Sunday, uh, Sunday evening, after the evening service, which was pretty boring. <laughs> uh, these, these, all these young people would just crowd into my parents' house. And my dad would teach them. But from that group of young people, there's people gone all over the world. All over the world. As, as pastors, as missionaries, as all sorts of things. Just doing things for the kingdom of God. And, then, and once a month, they'd have a missionary prayer meeting in their house. And just pray and pray and pray for missionaries. Some they would know, some they wouldn't know. But they're, 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 from their little small insignificant corner, there's a great impact. Because they, they, they would filter things through the presence of God. So not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on and may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus laid hold of for me. The message version says, I'm not saying that I have this all together. And I have it made. But I am well on my way reaching out for Christ who has so wondrously, wonder, wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself to expect to be an expert in all of this. But I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning me onward to Jesus. I'm off and running and I'm not turning back. So let's keep focused on that goal 
Those of us who want everything God has for us, if any of you are, have something else in mind, something less than total commitment, God will clear your blurred vision. Any of you, have, you any, have you ever had your blurred vision cleared? Because I believe God is a God who wants to impact, to get into those areas in our lives where there's blurred vision. You'll see it yet. Now that we're on the right track, let's stay on it. You know, I, I haven't got time to read any more of that. But I, you know, I could do with reading the whole of that chapter of Philippians, really. But, you know, I, I, we really believe that we are on a journey and that from Father's Day this last year, we're in the eighth week. Is it the eighth week after Father's Day this week? God has been doing something different, something significant. He's been bathing us in his presence in a different way, in a fresh way. And in that, we're seeing some things happen that we hadn't maybe seen before, only that we've maybe just hoped for. Um, <laughs> faith is the substance of things hoped for. Amen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. If you've got some, if you've got some stuff you're hoping for, apply some faith to it, because faith is a substance of things hopeful, the evidence of those things not yet seen. So we've been pressing on, we've been pressing on, we've been pressing on. We've been pressing on. We, we don't want to press on. You know, we've done, what, 26 years? You know, we don't want to press on. You know, we want to be seeing something. You know, just pressing on, pressing on is good, and there's nothing wrong with pressing on, and God loves faithfulness. He loves faithfulness. But in pressing on, you know, we, we really believe we're on, we're on the way somewhere. God is doing a new thing. God is doing a new thing. You know, one of the things the Bible speaks to us about is, is looking to Jesus, looking at his presence. Looking at his presence. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1, it starts off, Therefore we also, because so, we, we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, and sometimes we need to, we need to look, look at the witnesses. Look at those who have gone before. Now, Suzanne and I, we're, really, we're, we're, we're looking at those who have gone before and, you know, just getting, looking at previous revivals. Sometimes you need to get stirred up in something which, where God has gone before and seeing what God does and how He changes lives. And not only when He changes lives, He changes environments. He changes regions. He changes you know, places where we live. God is looking to change places. Do you believe that? He's looking to change places. So therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay, lay hold every sin which so easily ensnares us. Every weight and so easily and so let us run with endurance. You know, I'm, I'm so thankful that we've been able to do over these last few weeks on Wednesday nights, the Killing Kryptonite. It's like it flushes some things out and just gets our focus. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, looking to him, who for the joy that was set before him, the joy that was set before him. You know, we are the, those in our world are the joy set before him. Those coming to Christ, those walking in miracles, those walking in revival, those walking in times of refreshing. Oh, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He despised, he went through the cross. He went through the suffering. 
and despised the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So looking to him, keeping our eyes on him is so important. See, for the children of Israel, their entering into the promised land was dependent on them keeping their attention on the presence of God. Keeping their attention on the presence of God. Because Moses said, I don't, he, he, he was gone, he, he died already. <laughs> the other side, but for Joshua and the children of Israel to go forward, it was keeping their attention on the presence of God. It was, was critical to that for them to get into the good things that God had for them beyond. This land that was flowing with milk and honey. This land that had, had so much potential for them. This land that had so much blessing for them. For them to walk in it and the life which was ahead for them, was it was critical for them to keep their eyes on the presence of God. And if you want more of God in your life, if you want to see more of his presence, more of his power manifest, we have got to keep our eyes on the presence of God. Recognize his presence and do what it takes to dwell in his presence. It's almost as a price to pay. Well, there's always a price to pay for the goodness of God. But dwelling in his presence, abiding in his presence. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. He is the vine, we're the branches. See, I believe God wants us to abide in his presence. You can only abide in one place at a time, can't you? So often as believers, we switch from here to there. We're in his presence, we're out of his presence. We're abiding in this, we're abiding in that. You you, you can't have a tree on on a branch on a tree, stay fruitful if you keep cutting it off. If you keep separating it. God wants us to abide in his presence. Stay in that place. He's crucial to us walking in the things which he has for us. And so the children of Israel, they'd they'd been all over the place in their journey through the wilderness. They were moving from this place of maintaining to this place of entering. They moved from a place of maintaining to a place of entering into. See, most, a lot of the time as Christians, we just want to maintain our walk with God. And that's right. That's, you know, you, how do I maintain my walk with God? No, you know, it's good to maintain our walk with God, but we're maintaining to go into. God doesn't want us just to live in a maintenance mode, which is what they live through the, through the wilderness. You know, they're, they're, <clears throat> They came out and they lived out for 40 years, but it didn't change. See, location doesn't change the you. His presence does. Location doesn't change the you unless you keep your eyes on his presence on the journey.
See, one of the reasons they didn't enter in to more was because they complained and they disobeyed. See, disobedience and complaining leads to rejection. Not us being rejected, but us rejecting. They disobeyed, they were obedient, and, and, and the Bible says they rejected God. They rejected the very one who delivered them. They rejected the very one who brought them out. Isn't it amazing how we come out of, 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 our, of our place of bondage? We come out of our place of slavery, and yet we don't live in the fullness of God. And we can just come out, but just stay a nice Christian. Just There's nothing wrong with nice Christians. We should all be nice Christians. But we can come out, and, but never really experience the fullness of God. Never walk in His blessings. Never see a manifestation of the Spirit of God working in our lives. And that's like the children of Israel. They came out of Egypt came out of that place of slavery and then went into the wilderness on their way to the promised land. A journey that should have taken just a few weeks, they ended up taking 40 years. Because they complained, they were disobedient. So disobedience and, com and com complaining leads to us rejecting. They were like they were complaining in reverse because when they were in Egypt, they complained and rightly so. When they were in Egypt, they complained they wanted to get out. When they got out, they complained they wanted to go back. Aren't, aren't, aren't people, there's no, no, no it's the queerest folk. Some of us just complain. You know, it's, it's, it, we're never in the right place. It's always a problem. See, they came out of Egypt... But Egypt didn't come out of them. See, many times as Christians, we, we get saved. We don't look very different to how we were before. There's not a lot of change takes place in our life. Yes, it has on the inside. We're a new creation in Christ Jesus. But it's like not, we're not doing those works as of repentance. And it's then that they started worshipping idols. In Acts chapter 7 and verse 39, Stephen is preaching a gospel just before he gets stoned. <laughs> Please, <laughs> don't throw stones. Didn't like what he said. Didn't like what he said. He speaks about whom our fathers would not obey, but rejected, and in their hearts they turned back to Egypt, saying to Aaron, make us gods to go before us, as for this Moses who brought us out of the land of Egypt, we don't know what's happened to him. And they made a calf in those days, offering sacrifice to the idol, and rejoiced in the works of their own hands. Wow. Then God turned and gave them up to worship the host of heaven. He turned from them because they turned their, their attention was not going with him. Their attention wasn't for his presence. Their attention was in the idols which they'd made with their own hands. It's amazing what we worship, isn't it? It's amazing what we worship. It's amazing the idols that we worship. And if you, I know I, know I keep referring to killing kryptonite, but it was such a powerful course that we did and covered these things of idols that we worship so often. 
She said, oftentimes when hard times come, you know, we change location, we change job, we change relationships, we change church, but we don't, we don't change ourselves. They just turn back. They, they're not a lot of change in them because when the pressure came on, uh, they couldn't stand it and they wanted to go back because they knew what it was like in Egypt. Well, it was bad in Egypt, but it wasn't this bad. <laughs> See, if the children of Israel had just held on, if they, it's almost like you think we'd be, you know, we don't, I guess, really know what it's like because we weren't there. We'd like to think we're the Joshua's and Caleb's, men of different spirit. Give me this mountain. We weren't there, but you know, the, the account of how they just didn't hold on. But if they had just held on and believed with Joshua and Caleb, who knows how different the Bible would read. They just held on. Church, more always requires faith. More always requires faith because we've never been this way before. You know, why does, why does the Bible say it's important to have faith? Because God needs to show that we can't do things in our own strength. For without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. And that he's the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You see, if we could do it on our own, we wouldn't need God. And God wants us to be a people who put our total trust in him. Our total trust in his presence. If those children of Israel just held on. Can you imagine how frustrated Joshua and Caleb must have been with those other ten spies? Because the Bible hadn't been written in a sense of what we, what we have now. They, they, they were just taking God at his word. And I believe God is looking for people who will take him at his word. He used to sing a little song and it went something like, God, if God said it, I believe it. And that's the way it's going to be. That's it. If God said it, I believe it. And that's the way it's going to be. You know, sometimes we, we, we say that, God said, I believe it. But I haven't got long to wait. I need you to, I need I need it now. So if God said it, yeah, I believe it, but I'm not gonna wait for it. If it looks too difficult. If God said it, I believe, it, and that's the way it's gonna be. And those are the sort of people that Joshua and Caleb were. In Gen, in, in Numbers chapter 13, it says in verse 1. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to you, or to the children of Israel, from each tribe of their fathers, you shall send a man, everyone a leader among them. So he says this word to them. He says, send men into this land. So he says, send 10 spies into land to check it out in the land which I am giving to, to you, 
to the children of Israel. This is what I'm giving to them. This is my word to you. And so, of course, they, they go off and scattered out. And when, when they came back from that, they, they, they saw this land and it was incredible. They had great vision for what God could do and what was theirs. How many of you, how many of you got living with dreams? You've seen things, in, you've seen things like in the spirit and you've seen things and you know that God, you, you believe that God can do some things and there's so much more ahead of where you are right now. And they go and they spy at this land, but of course, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's, this place is awesome. And when they come in, it says in verse 26, that they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh. And they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And verse 27, they went and said, We went. To the land where you sent us, it truly flows with milk and honey. Wow. And this is his fruit. This, this, is, this is what is available. This is what you're talking about. This is the goodness of God. This is what he's been speaking to us about. This is what. But then they say, nevertheless. That's a dangerous word, isn't it? Nevertheless. Yeah, well, that was then. You know, that was in when Jesus walked this earth. You can't expect miracles now. Nevertheless, you know, we live in the 21st century. So did we, you, know, you can't expect God to do the same things in the 21st century he did when he walked the earth. Nevertheless, we're a different culture than them. Nevertheless, we do things differently. Nevertheless, I, li- I live in the south of England. Nevertheless, I've got... Work commitments. Nevertheless, you don't know who I'm married to. Nevertheless, you don't know my background. And they say, nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there, the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, Hittites and Jebusites, Ammonites. Amorites, not Ammonites, dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell to the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. And Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take and take and possession, for we are well able to overcome it. He says, We are well able to overcome it. So he quiets people down and says, You know, yeah, okay, you can come with your neverthelesses, but we are well able. Because God has said, this is the land which I'm going to give you. Don't go, he didn't say, go and spy at the land which, if you feel like it, if it's comfortable, if, it's, if the climate suits you, if it's pleasant. He says, this is the land I'm giving you. So Caleb says, quiet, and the people said to Moses, let us go up at once. We're well able. But the men who have gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against. And they brought back a bad report. You know, don't get around people who have bad reports. 
Can you imagine how frustrating? One, one person comes out and he says, he, he, he pipes up with some bad report, and then Johnny next door pipes up another bad report, and then Bob next door pipes up another bad report. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, it didn't, they are big. Yeah, we did look like grasshoppers in their sight, and, 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 and they are huge. Um, so, so maybe not, nevertheless. Okay, nevertheless. You know, it's good land, but nevertheless. It's not possible. It's not possible. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight as we were in theirs. And so there's just no faith. It's this fight of no of faith and no faith. Joshua and Caleb have great faith, and these others have, faith, have, have no faith, and so they never possess. And so those ten people were responsible for the whole of the children of Israel going through the wilderness. Because one or two people just pipe up. They don't believe. They don't believe. God is looking for believers. Amen. He's looking for believers. He's looking for believers. He's looking for believers. I've seen moves of God almost like come to grind to a halt because of non-believing believers. Opportunities. I've seen people, young people, discouraged because of non-believing believers. People with such great potential, we have been discouraged and said, oh no, you know, we're like grasshoppers in our own sight as we are in theirs. This is not possible. Nevertheless, you know, and people's destinies messed with. The purposes of God being filled in their generation, fulfilled in their generation, not taking place because there's 10 or so people. A tiny little percentage that people can't believe, who, don't, can't, who can't see his presence is going to go with them, whose presence, you see, Joshua and Caleb knew that, you know, yes, we are well able, because they knew his presence would be with them. He knew, they knew his presence would be with them. They were just taking God at his word. And church, I believe when the body of Christ takes God at his word, we will move into something extraordinary. And we take his word and say, yes, we are well able. Yes, we can go up at once. Yes, it is for us in this season. Yes, God can do miracles today. Yes, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yes, I can be healed today. Yes, this which I've been battling with, I've been struggling with for 25 years, can come to an end today. Because he is well able. Yes, it's a fight going. Yes, it will, it's not going to be easy. Yes, we're going to have to face some giants. But giants, church, come tumbling down when the people of God will rise up and say, he who is in me is greater than he who is in this world. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he may defy the armies of the living gods? Come on. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in this world. You know, David, if, when, he, when he stood before the, the, the giant Goliath, if he'd have listened to the voice of his brothers, if he'd have listened to the voice of the king, he'd have just turned around and gone home and back to feeding his sheep. But God has a purpose for him. Church, God has a purpose for you. And it's greater, church, than I believe than you're experiencing right now. It's greater than you're experiencing right now. Yes, we can choose to, to, to live a maintained life. Yes, we can choose to live a life where everything is okay. Yes, we're, you know, we're getting fed every day. Yes, we're going through a season and it's okay because you know, at least we, are, you know, we don't have to buy any new shoes because our shoes have been you know, growing with us. Uh, yes, we get manna from heaven. Yes, we get shelter in the storm. Yes, we get 
guided through our, through, through our journey. But church, there's more. There's more. God has more for you. 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 You see, taking the promised land doesn't come without its challenges. But he who is in us is greater than he who is in this world. Where does it say that the kingdom living is easy? Church, we have it easy. But maybe it will get tough. Because in the last days, perilous times will come. Men will be lovers of self and lovers of evil. So the church has to rise up. The body of Christ has to rise up. But the body of Christ and it's rising up is, is, is going to take ground. And you can't take ground without the presence of God. God wants you to walk in his presence. God wants you to walk in his presence. The Bible says, fight the good fight of faith. When everything is screaming the opposition and the opposite, God wants us to press on. He wants us to press on. He wants us to press on. See, he doesn't want us to miss out on 40 years. He doesn't want us to miss out on a season. He wants us to embrace everything he has for us. To embrace everything he has for us. He wants, you know, is there anybody here who wants more? Is there anybody here who wants more? Bob says, faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. If you want more, I believe you have to step out in faith. If you want more, you have to step out in faith. If you want more, you have to step out in faith. And to step out in something you, you're unfamiliar with. Embrace something in your mind which you're unfamiliar with. Step out in the more. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. There's faith in this house this morning. For some of you, your faith is built this morning. For some of you, you've got greater faith now than when you came into the house this morning. For some of you, you need something to change. For some of you, You've been living a lie and or been, you've been fed a lie. It says you don't need to change. You don't need to step into anymore. What you've got in God right now is, is fine. And positionally in Him we are. God wants more for you. God wants you to step into more of what He has for you. He hung on a cross. We remembered this morning how his body was broken for us and his blood was shed for us.
And you know, some of us, some of you have been living with things for a long time. It's like you've been going round and round a mountain. You say, really, I haven't, I haven't changed very much in my walk with God. I've really not seen His presence manifest in my life and there's things that one point I, I was believing for, but it's almost like I got weary. The Bible says, don't become weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap if you don't lose heart. There's a few people here this morning, I believe God is saying to you, it's your season. It's your season. It's your season to step into something fresh. Maybe you've been suffering in your body for a long time with something. We prayed for healing already this morning, but we'll do that again. Maybe you're here this morning and you've don't really know how you found yourself in the house here today, but you feel like today's the day you need to recommit your life to God. And experience a fresh touch from Him because your life as a believer, has got a bit mundane and it feels like it's stuck. God wants to release His power over your life this morning. But you've got to want His presence. Because you've not been this way before. You've been trying to live out your life in your own strength. This morning, you said you want to live it in his presence. So if you're here this morning, I just simply want to say to you today, if you need a fresh touch from God, You need a touch from God like you've not experienced before. Experience His presence. The mountain ahead of you may seem big. And yes, there are challenges. God is the God of moving mountains. He's the God of slaying giants. And you can do it in His strength. So if you're here this morning, you want more of Him. Just come right now and stand here in the front. Holy Spirit, come. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit just to come and touch you with His presence. And I believe you will feel a tangible sense of His presence hit you this morning.
Maybe you need healing in your body. Maybe there's an adjustment you need to make in your life. Let's just all stand on our feet. And just worship Jesus. But if God is speaking to you this morning, you're sensing a nudging in your spirit, just come and receive what he has for you. Whether you're young, whether you're old, whether you say, well, I'm a seasoned Christian, or whether you're a brand new believer, just come and receive what he has for you. His presence is right in this house this morning. There's somebody who God spoke to when I spoke about your thought life being filtered through his presence. And you want to change that this morning. There's someone here this morning who feels so dry, they, they're, they're struggling to believe they're actually saved. You're feeling so dry in your walk with God. wants to touch you this morning. Come on, to anybody else? There's two or three more people I know need to respond. Just come. Just come right now. God wants to touch you. Just come stand towards, take one step forward and stand towards the middle. God, don't miss this opportunity. I can't see at all out there. I can't see you at all this morning. So I can't see, but there's one more person at least I know. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Is there anybody else?